Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. All right, welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast. As always, this is your host, Brandon Allen, and today I want to talk a little bit about sales and your sales process. So the majority of clients that I work with are in a service-based business where they interact with clients and sales, particularly face-to-face or phone sales, are very important. They're the lifeblood of our business. And I don't care if you're a medical professional, plumber, a consultant, whatever it is that you do, you have to have the ability to sell. The problem comes for a lot of service-based business owners is that we identify with who we are. We identify with being a consultant. We identify with being a dentist. We identify with being a hairstylist. We don't identify ourselves as being a salesperson. And therefore, a lot of times we have a kind of a negative connotation towards sales and what sales is all about. We're really worried about being that kind of person that is too pushy or uh, just comes across as a little douchey, if you know what I mean. And so we don't want to be that. But in sales, our relationship to sales is really going to have a direct impact on how well our business grows. And if we don't have a good relationship to sales, if we see it as a necessary evil and as a burden to just kind of get through and, and survive, Our business is not going to thrive. It's really hard for us to do that. And so as you think about your own hangups with sales, being pushy, all these other things, what are people going to say, fear of rejection, just remember that when we come to a sales conversation and we're worried about coming across as pushy, when we're worried about what someone's going to say, when we start to pre-qualify people, What we're doing in that instance is the exact opposite of what we want to do because we're making the sale about ourselves and we're forgetting to make the sale about the person that we're actually talking to. So when you pre-qualify someone, and I hear this all the time, one of the biggest ways that people pre-qualify themselves is they say, well, I don't know if I could afford this or I know I can't afford it or I know I wouldn't do it, so therefore... Someone else wouldn't do it. But here's the problem with that. Number one, just because you can't afford it doesn't mean that there aren't hundreds of other people who can. Number two, if you wouldn't do it, it doesn't mean that other people shouldn't or wouldn't do it. What it means is is that you have a different value set than other people. And quite frankly, if I hear this narrative come up too many times where I wouldn't do that, I wonder if I have the wrong people within my organization because I want people who are excited and would do what it took in order to take advantage of the service or product that we offered and not utilize a, an excuse like, well, I wouldn't do that. So think about, you know, I, I know I know we want to have an altruistic viewpoint of ourselves within sales, and so we don't want to be pushy. We don't want to go too far or push too hard. And then, and so we're trying to do that for people's benefit. But in the process of getting inside our own head and thinking through this, we become the exact opposite of that. We become a very selfish, ego-driven individual in that moment because all we're thinking about is our own feelings, our own thoughts, our own conclusions 
about whoever it is that we're trying to offer a product or service to. So when it comes to sales, make sure you make it about the person that you're talking to. Make it about their dreams, their goals. And so how do we do that? Stephen Covey in his book, The Seven Habits, one of them is seek to understand, then to be understood. And in sales, I think we need to get that first part right. Seek to understand. Who is it that we're talking about and what is it that we need? So here's a great example of how this looked in a negative way for me when I bought a car. So I had a lease for a while and I decided I was going to buy it out. And I had the cash to just buy it. I just wanted to come into the dealership because my lease was coming due and I wanted to write a check. You would be surprised at how difficult and challenging that was. So when I talked to the guy on the phone, he says, okay, well, what about financing it? What if I run your credit? He starts going through all these different things. And I'm like, dude, I don't want you to do any of that stuff. I just want to come in and write you a check. So he says, well, come in. So I come in, right? Because he's a sales guy. He wants me to come in. And unfortunately, auto sales is where sales gets a bad reputation a lot of times. And I'm not saying every dealership is bad, but this is, it's kind of historically speaking where people's reluctance to work in sales really comes from. So I go into the dealership, I sit down thinking that he's going to give me a number so I can get a cashier's check and take care of it. Sure don't. He wants to, he wants to go through this whole sales process. And finally I was like, for God's sakes, man, I want to write you a check. Now I, I used an adjective to describe the check and I'm not going to repeat that here, but I said, look, man, I just want to write you a check. How do I write you a check? Who do I need to talk to so I can give you some damn money so I can just have this car and own it outright for hell's sakes. What is it going to take? Quit trying to do whatever kind of sales bullshit you're doing right now and just give me a freaking number for God's sakes. I mean, I, I still get pissed when I talk about it. And it was years ago that this happened. And, you know, finally the guy was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, it's like he never heard me the entire time. And then he finally was like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The figure is like, you know, he's like 20 grand, whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, thank you. I'm going to go to the bank, get that. I'm going to come back. I'm going to hand you a check. We're going to go through the process of, of taking care of this. Okay. I got it. And it took him forever to do that. But the whole time he never sit, he, he never sought to understood. He didn't listen to me the entire time. And that was the most frustrating thing. And I remember a sales manager following up with me later. He's asking me about my experience and everything else. I said, I got to be honest with you. It was an awful experience. Something that should have taken me five or 10 minutes took me literally half a day because this guy was trying to bombard me with his agenda. So when it comes to sales, We've got to have an understanding mindset. We've got to understand, look, who is it that we're trying to reach here? Now, there's a number of reasons why we want to do this. Number one, I want to make sure that I work with the right people. I want to make sure that whoever I'm bringing into my process is a good fit, that I feel like, hey, I can get this person the results that they're looking for. Through that process of understanding, I may realize this person is not a good candidate for what I'm trying to help them with. And this happens from time to time where I may say to someone, you know what, for what you want, I don't really think that I'm a good fit. I don't really think that I'm what you're looking for. And let's part ways as friends. And hey, if things change and your circumstances are different, give me a call. And that's fine. Sometimes that happens. But 
a lot of times we don't get to that process. Now, when we ignore this process of understanding, then we try to fit a square peg into a round hole. We give someone something that they don't need or that we get them into a process where they're not a good fit. And then we regret it later because they don't get the results that we typically get for people. And then what do they do? They go and tell other people about the results that they got and they're not very good. So now it makes us look bad. So seek to understand as you go through this process, make sure you're understood, repeat back what you're hearing, and just make sure that you guys are on the same page. You know, for instance, if if you work in home improvement and you're trying to sell a home improvement to someone, one of the questions you need to ask that person is, hey, how long are you going to be in this home? Is this your forever home? Is this a one to two year home? Talk to me about that. Now that's really going to dictate how much this person invests emotionally and monetarily into their house. If they're only going to be there for a year, they probably don't care about preventative things and and doing some of the things that you may recommend. But if they're going to be there for a long time, I want to know that because that's a, that's a person that is going to be more motivated to keep things in pristine condition for a lot longer, knowing they're going to be in that home for several years. So you've got to understand who you're talking to in a sales process. The next thing in, in, in sales, once you understand those things, is just make sure you always create next steps through the process. Because you know a lot of sales is really education-related. What I'm trying to do is educate people on what the landscape looks like, what they run into, what they have to be careful of, how my process and solution meets those specific needs, you know, their emotional needs as well as their process-oriented needs. I really want to always set next steps where it, whether it's setting information sending information to them that's infor, you know that, that's helpful for them in making the decision making process but I've always got to set next steps and keep that person in a specific next step loop where we're constantly in communication and talking about what that next step is but education is so key in sales because my experience has been is that people don't buy from you right away for three specific reasons. Number one is ignorance. Number one, they just don't know what they don't know. They're not aware of why what you're talking about is important. And this is where we really have to give people testimonials and stories like, hey, Mr. Johnson, the reason why I'm talking to you about this is because, hey, I had Mr. Jones over here who had this particular happen scenario happen, and it looked very similar to yours. And because of this, he didn't take care of it, and this is what happened. So it went from being a $100 situation to a $2,000 situation, or it went from, hey, I've got a mildly disgruntled employee to this employee now is filing a lawsuit. And he could have nipped that in the bud had he done X, Y, and Z. And I'm actually seeing some of the same things with you, Mr. Johnson, that I am with Mr. Jones. That is one of the things that we can, now we can help them see that, oh, you know, I didn't know, I didn't, you know, that's one thing I didn't know, I didn't know. Okay, you've opened my eyes a little bit. So ignorance is one of the reasons why people don't buy it. The second thing is busyness. We live in a world of complete chaos and busyness. And so I read this statistic. I don't know if it's true, but it was on the internet, so it probably is, right? Back in, I, I think this was in December of 2011, and it was an article that, that talked about what the average person consumes in terms of content. So the average person consumes the equivalent of 178 newspapers per day. That was four years ago. I'm sure it's even more now. 
but 178 newspapers a day. Now, for those of you who are younger, you may have to ask your parents what a newspaper is. But for those of you who are a little older, you understand that. For those of you like myself who had a paper out, you know what a paper looks like and what that is. But people are busy. The whole reason I'm bringing that up is people are busy and they're bombarded with messages. We're busy, we're busy, we're busy. Staying in touch with someone just means that I care and I'm here because I know how easy it is to get busy. Now, we always worry like, hey, what if I check in with them and they get pissed? Well, if you check in with them and get pissed, fine. But what the hell did they even talk to you for in the first place? Like, why did they even reach out to you? Why did they even consider doing that? So if I have someone tell me, follow up with me, and they get pissed later for following up with them, I'll call them on it and say, look, dude, you're the one that told me to follow up with you. So why are you pissed? for doing something that you wanted me to do. And and plus, how are we supposed to stay in communication and make next steps if I don't stay in touch? So think about this. When you're worried about being pushy, remember how busy people are and what they have coming at them on a day-to-day basis. Think about your own life, but also think about this. This is an infographic that came from the National Sales Executive Association, and it it says this. 48% of salespeople never follow up with a prospect. Think about that. 48% of people never follow up, and I know this to be true. 25% of salespeople make a second contact and stop. 12% of salespeople only make three contacts and stop. So think about that. Half of the people don't make any contact at all. 25% only make two contacts. Only 12% make three contacts. Only 10% of salespeople make more than three contacts. Now, why is that important? Because of this. 2% of sales are made on the first contact. That's right, 2%. 3% of sales are made on the second contact. 5% of sales are made on the third contact. 10% of sales are made on the fourth contact. And guess what? 80% of sales are made on the fifth to 12th contact. So think about this. You're worried about being busy. You're worried about being pushy. But sales don't happen primarily until contact 5 to 12. But most people don't have the determination, the systems and processes, and the wherewithal to stick with a prospect and see that prospect to the end and put them in a position to make a decision. And that's what I'm looking for for people to do. I just want you to make a decision. Do you want to do it? Yes. Okay, great. Do you want to do it? No. Okay, that's great too. I just want to know what your decision is. But we stop most of the time before we even get to a point where a decision can be made. And you know what happens? That same person goes somewhere else and buys somewhere else. So that's busyness. So think about that. Next time you think you're being too pushy, just remember that you're probably not engaging at a a high enough level to really actually get that sale or close that prospect anyway. I don't care if you're a doctor. I don't care what business you're in. You need to make sure that you take the time to get that person in and and talk them through that. Now, I may get to a point after I've reached out for uh, you know a little bit. You know, I'll send someone a, an email that just says, "Hey, uh, it's been a while since we've talked." That could be for one of two reasons: you're really busy or you're not interested. Hey, if you're not interested, can I close your file? If you are interested, what do you recommend our next step is? 
And I, what I'm trying to do is just create movement. I'm not going to, I'm not going to work on that prospect forever. I might put them in an email loop and, and, and then, you know, get them some uh, content through email and have that whole process set up. And that that's important to have that done. So, so busyness is the second reason why, why we need to have a sales process. And the third one is priorities. And the third reason that people don't buy is, is it's based on a priority issue. So a lot of times people say, I can't afford it or I don't have time for it. You hear this all the time, right? I can't afford it. I don't have time. Those are the biggest reasons why people don't buy anything. But the funny thing about that is that's really not the real reason why people don't buy. What they're saying is, is that number one, it's not a priority to me. If it were a priority, I would spend the money and I would spend the time gladly. I mean, I think about things that I found to be highly valuable and it's like, wow, can I afford to do this? Well, can I afford not to do it? And in business, especially, we've seen this as business owners, we have to sometimes make decisions that maybe stretch our budget a little bit or make us uncomfortable, but we know it's for the good of the business long term. We're willing to make that investment so that we can get to the next level. But in sales, we have to identify, is this a priorities issue for people? So if someone says, hey, I'm too busy, well, hey, talk to me about what's going on. Hey, I can't afford it. Okay, hey, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's find out what that really means because there's a hidden issue behind that, and I want to determine what it is. And a lot of times in coaching for my business, sometimes people say I don't have time because they've worked with other coaches that have bombarded them with work. And then they, and then I have to talk to them and let them know that, hey, I'm a business owner too. I get it. I don't have time to be doing a lot of busy work and things like that. And so I always tell people, look, I'm not going to bombard you with a bunch of busy work. I'm not going to make you do anything or, or ask you to do anything. I can't make you do anything, but I'm not going to ask you to do anything that you shouldn't already be doing to make sure that your business is growing at a healthy rate. So I totally get that. So if, if someone says that, find out where their priorities are and where their priorities lie. And this is part of if we do a good job seeking to understand, we can find out about how much of a priority this really is for the person that we're talking to to really get a feel for you know, whether this issue is going to come up at all. So I, I want to be very intentional about that process to see where their priorities are. So think about that. When you have people who don't buy, it's it's typically either because of igno ignorance, busyness, or priorities. And I believe education can help with all three of those. Educating people, helping them become better buyers, letting them see why your particular solution is a good idea and how it helps them in the long run. All those things are good things that you can help to help people engage in the next step of whatever process or service that you offer. So have a conversation with your team about this. Talk about this in your, in your organization. How can you guys raise the level of sales? How can you stay more committed and engaged in the sales process? How can you really make that happen? I know uh, a tool that I've started recently using is called Pipe Drive, and it allows me to manage my pipeline more effectively and set next steps. And it just makes sure that I always have a next step with someone and that I'm always reaching out and making sure that things are moving forward. I want us to be moving forward towards a decision, and that means I'm going to reach out to some people multiple times. And look, I'm going to do that until they tell me to stop. And once they tell me to stop, I'm going to I'll stop doing that. So, when it comes to sales, take some time and make sure that you're really making it about the other person. How can you really engage that person to really understand where they're at and what they need? 
and make sure that your solution is a good fit and really aligns with what they're trying to accomplish for themselves or for their car or for their home or whatever it is that you're trying to improve for that particular person. So hopefully you found this valuable. Hopefully there's some nuggets, some insight there that you can take and and bring into your own sales process. Talk to your salespeople about this. Talk to your team about this and get them on board with sales and really reshape the way that they look at sales instead of being a way of, of, of making a transaction. How do we enter into a relationship? How do I educate people so that, uh, so that their lives can be better off as a result of doing business with my company? So I want to thank you for listening this week. If you found this helpful, please like it on social media and share it. If you haven't rated the show on iTunes, please go check it out and rate it, uh, unless you're going to give it a one star and then don't. But uh, I'm going to get a one-star rating for saying that now. But check it out. Refer it to a friend. And again, if you have any questions, go to newworkrevolution.com. Hit me up at the website and ask me any question that you have about today's topic. So again, I want to thank you for listening. Go out and be awesome salespeople as a result of listening to this. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on newworkrevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.